1: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
2: Body Wrappers, Angela Luzio is happy to sponsor this episode of Conversations on Dance. Body Wrappers, Angela Luzio is known for its durable and soft total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. New to the Angelo Luzio shoe collection is the Instant Fit 4-Way Total Stretch Canvas Ballet Slipper and the Instant Fit 4-Way Total Stretch Canvas Y Strap Half-Sole. Make sure to try them on at your local dance retail store and see why they are called Instant Fit. And while you're there, take a look at Tyler Peck's beautiful and unique leotards that move perfectly with the body and won't ride up in the back. You may view the products at bodywrappers.com or at your favorite dance retail shop or online store. To review and buy the entire collection of Tyler Peck designs, go to danceworkcorner.com. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro.
0: And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
2: This week on the podcast, we are joined in San Francisco by one of the world's most in-demand choreographers, Christopher Wheeldon. Having trained at Royal Ballet, Wheeldon was taken into the company but soon transferred to the New York City Ballet, where he rose to the rank of soloist. His choreographic talents were soon recognized, and while still in his 20s, he was named resident choreographer of the New York City Ballet. He was shortly after in demand at major companies all over the globe, including the Bolshoi Ballet, San Francisco Ballet, and the Royal Ballet. In 2014, he made his Broadway directorial debut with An American in Paris, a production that garnered him a Tony for his work as a choreographer. We talk with him about what it was like finding his voice as a young choreographer, how he made the transition to Broadway, and what continues to inspire his work. This episode is brought to you by San Francisco Ballet. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. We've been trying to do this for a really long time, so it's really fun to do it even in person. We thought Yay. maybe we were going
1: to.
3: Do- Finally.
2: I know. We're very excited. So let's start from the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about your training at the Royal Ballet School and your time dancing with the company?
3: Oh, wow. We're going way back. Way back. back. All the way. way back. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I joined the Royal Ballet School when I was actually eight years old. I went right through the school from junior associates, which is kind of twice weekly ballet classes for babies, mm-hmm. um, through to, uh, um, through White Lodge, which is the junior school and then into the Royal Ballet Upper School and then finally into the company if you're, you know, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was sort of my, that was my, my course through the school and um and I did make it into the Royal ballet for about ten minutes <laughs> before I decided to like up and off to the u s um, where I joined New York City ballet.
2: How did you decide to leave and go to New York?
3: do you know it's funny to say this, but even at seventeen well actually it was it was more like eighteen when i when I finally kind of made the choice mm-hmm. um, I'd been with the with the with that organization with the Royal ballet School since okay. i was since I was eight years old right. and you know, at that point in your life, you're not really – well, I suppose that 10 years does feel still feel like a long time. Yeah. And um, I just got the opportunity and felt like it was um, something I'd always wanted to do and why not give it a go? And I knew that I was leaving the Royal Ballet behind, but also I felt like they would be there if I wanted to go back. And, then, you know, Anthony Dow was the director then and he said, if you want to come back after a year, then I'll look at you again. I can't promise that I'll take you back. Um, back in the company, um, but uh, you know I'll certainly take a look. So, right, that's great. Yeah,
0: um, well, how did that opportunity come about? It's pretty unusual for New York City Valley to take um, foreigners like that. So, yes, how did that um, out for you? What well, was right? <laughs> it was right when they were doing that
3: huge Balanchine festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually wanted me to join uh, a little bit earlier. I missed the festival. I joined right after it, Mm -hmm. but they were looking for for men, and I showed up in New York. Actually, it's a very long story, but I'll make it really short Mm -hmm. because it's kind of fun. (laughs) Um, I sprained my ankle. Um, The Royal Ballet was sending me to the Eric Brun competition in Canada, Um, and I sprained my ankle a few weeks before uh, during rehearsals for that and ended up... Uh, just at home, as you do when you're injured, with you know, ice wrapped around the foot, watching TV. Yeah. And um, this commercial came on for Hoover vacuum cleaners. And the deal was if you bought like the I can't remember the t- type of Hoover it was, but the you know, their new brand, yeah. um, then you would get a free round trip ticket to New York or to the I think it was maybe to the US like you could choose San Francisco or New York or That's crazy. I know All you have I mean I know Hoover right now yeah. it was a no brainer cuz the Hoover was like I don't know 60 pounds or something and a round trip ticket was not that right yeah exactly <laughs> so um I hobbled out and I bought the Hoover and I never actually used the Hoover ever uh, but I did get the I did get the round trip ticket and um, flew to New York and was rehabbing and I wrote to New York City Ballet and said, you know, I'm with the Royal Ballet, I don't know the company at all. I'd just love to have the opportunity to come in and take class. It was our mid-season break. So I needed to, you know, I was going back on stage right when I got back. Mm-hmm. And um, Peter was auditioning uh, other dancers and um in fact, at the end of the class, he thought I was the one auditioning. So this was all like crazy fate, really? right? First day in New York, went to take class with New York City Ballet, hadn't done anything touristy, walked into Lincoln Center, walked out of Lincoln Center with a job. Crazy.
2: Wow. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um. So... And I didn't accept it then and there because I was like, oh, wait, I think I'd like to go and see the Empire State Building (laughs) and and maybe I should watch some performances of the company, which I did. I watched every show that week and like my mind was blown from, you know, it was like Opus Nights in the Dreamer with uh, with Peter Boll and Wendy, who was like just a principal, and Square Dance with Katie Tracy and Peter Ball again, um, and Prodigal Son uh, with Robbie LaFosse and Maria Caligari, and all these ballets I'd never seen. I had never seen The Four Temperaments Four Temperaments for the first time. Um, Uh, yeah. So by the end of the week, I was like, sign me up. I'm coming.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so during this time, were you just completely focused on dancing or were you kind of thinking about choreography and exploring that?
3: I'd already started choreographing a little bit Mm -hmm. back home, but only little, little pieces. I'd done a piece for a, a school in London. I'd done a piece for, um, the Royal Ballet Choreographic Group. Um, But yeah, that that was that was it. Although I do remember kind of marching into Peter's office and like putting a bunch of VHSs. It's the day of VHS. He <laughs> 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 was know, like, "Oh my gosh, what are these?" Like? Staggering in with like, "I love them," and saying, "You know, I, I I'd really like to choreograph. This is important to me, and please take a look."
2: Um, and so, what happened after that?
3: So he did, and then he asked me to do a couple of things at the school. They used to do. I don't know if they still do the. they Used to do like a full choreographers workshop thing in, in the school, and, um, uh, and then he asked me to do workshop, workshop. Mm-hmm. So studio workshop, then workshop, workshop, and then my first ballet for the company,
0: which f- followed probably,
3: I don't know, a couple of years after that. Mm-hmm
0: um what uh how did you have the guts to go in and say peter this is what i'm doing we, is it just being young and i want to do that so i'm going to say it like yeah, what's the <laughs> so
3: i mean and also you know i knew who peter was mm-hmm. but i hadn't grown up he hadn't been sort of the sort of uh, right this uh, tower literally uh, yeah, towering liter- figure literally yeah. towering icon of dance mm-hmm. um you know i'd seen him in magazines and but you know you associate like still, when I go back to the Royal Ballet Company, I walk in through the stage door and I feel a little bit like a 12-year-old boy because uh-huh. right. you never quite detach, yes. you know? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was... And I, and I was in a new place. Like, it was a new, fresh start for me. I didn't feel like I really had anything to lose mm-hmm. um, except perhaps my job. <laughs> <laughs> that would have sucked, yeah, just having given up my position at the Royal Ballet and then, uh, <laughs> get out. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I I wasn't nervous about that at all. And um Peter's was always a very good listener like and I feel like he he wanted to well the New York City Ballet under his um directorship has had you know a lot of success with promoting new work and festivals and so um and the Diamond Project was still going on back then and that was always kind of like this. I mean, we didn't do 12 ballets at once. Um, but, uh, but it was always a sort of, uh, um, quite a
0: high quotient of, of new work. Right. So, uh, your early experiences choreographing for the company, you were obviously dancing a lot. You were dancing as a member of the Corte ballet, which is, uh, an extremely demanding task, especially when you're young. I, they just throw you into everything. Right. right. So right. how is that, um, balance for you? And do, do you feel like being a dancer helped you choreographically or, Mostly it was uh, you know, a rough balance. Yeah, no, it was okay.
3: I mean, I was really focused on being a dancer mm-hmm. back then as well. So I knew I wanted to choreograph, but I wasn't at the point where I decided that I was just gonna Leave focus it. on choreography. So um I choreographed when I could in you know, in breaks, in the mid season I'd go off somewhere, in the summer break I'd go off and choreograph somewhere. But I but my main focus was dancing. So I and I remember the first the first Time I had a ballet at New York City Ballet Slavonic Dances, the premiere that night, I was in the ballet prior to it and the ballet after it. So I took a bow in a suit in uh-huh. makeup, which was
0: really, really <laughs> strange.
2: Uh, well, I
3: have these pictures now. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was an odd choice. What mm-hmm.
2: were you feeling like in the first ballet that evening? Were you like so nervous? I for think your I was kind? really distracted. Yeah, but right. I,
3: I, I probably made a few mistakes, yeah. actually.
2: That's hysterical. So, what were some of the challenges for you? when you would start choreographing a new piece and you would be in front of the room, basically directing your peers, what is that like for you? Yeah,
3: yeah. um, it was tricky. And I wasn't very good at it at the beginning. Like, I think I just associated the, I mean, it's it's sort of, yeah. I'd only ever worked with choreographers that were really tough Mm. (laughs) in the studio. Right. Um, and, and I, I think I thought at the beginning that, that that was the way that I was supposed to be. right And then actually a dear friend of mine who remains a really dear friend. And I think we became very close over this, pulled me aside one day and I didn't know her that well at the time she was in the court of ballet and she's like, you have to stop talking to us like this, <laughs> right? You have to like, understand that we are like. Busting our asses for you, and and it was a g- really great kind of wake up call, and thankfully it happened fairly early on. Right. So, um, so that was there was a definite like shift in the way that I started to you know you know adjust the way that I that I worked, right. and um, uh, so that was a good lesson. Um, and then it became very easy, and then it became very collaborative, and then I started working with Jack and Wendy, and that, that was always a great sort of um a very uh just a, there was just dialogue in the room and the ideas were jumping sort of back and forth between us and um it wasn't pres- nothing was prescribed we were exploring and discovering together and so that was that was kind of a, gr- a lovely way to have learned that lesson
2: in right mm-hmm. i love that she did that that's yeah. great <laughs> she must have been a little scared to do it though like
3: yeah, it was right. It was right by the fountain at Lincoln Center. It was very turning point. <laughs> like this is uh, a scene turning from point. Turning Point. Oh. I love that. Here's where I, you know, turn turn around and storm off. <laughs> oh my goodness! Fisher Hall. <laughs> That's good. So,
0: how did things begin to build to the point where you ultimately had the position of uh, resident choreographer created for you? Um, what was that path like?
3: Um, actually, that w- it was all quite surprising. Um, I decided at 28 to stop dancing so I could focus more on choreography. I, I just like, my body was starting to feel a bit broken and I felt like I danced everything I wanted to dance. I wasn't going to become a principal. I kind of knew that, you know, you, you just reach a point where you're like, okay, well it hasn't happened. So it's probably not going to happen. Right. Um, and all the people around me that I, that were sort of going that route had gone that route. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well I'm happy with soloist and I've, you know, danced a ton and, Worked with Jerry and, you know, I danced for Macmillan when I was back in London. And um, so I felt good about stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I told Peter I was going to stop, he was like, okay, well, I want to let's have, let's make some sort of agreement. I think it was Artist in Residence, maybe mm-hmm. before it be- became Resident Choreographer. And they're all, you know, in the end, they're just sort of just a title. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that's sort of how that happened. He was—he was like, I don't want you to leave us completely, and of course, you can still go off and make work elsewhere. He was always extremely generous mm-hmm. about. He was like, just not ABT, please. Because it's uh, across the yeah. street. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Which was fair enough. Yeah.
2: Know. Yeah. So what were some of the um details of that contract? Were there a certain number of ballets you were creating per year with the company?
3: I can't remember. I don't know if I think it was I think it was a one ballet per year. Mm-hmm. But again, it was that was quite sort of fluid and sometimes mm-hmm. it was more than one, right. you know, a couple of years. I did I did two. Um Peter was he wanted just wanted new work on the stage so.
2: right. We will return to conversations on dance in a moment but first we want to tell you about Dimensions Dance Theater of Miami Following its debut in 2016 Dimensions Dance Theater of Miami has quickly made a name for itself as a promising new ballet company with a dazzling repertoire reflective of the vibrant Latin culture of its home city of Miami June 26th and 27th, the company will be making its New York City debut at the Joyce Theater, followed by a performance at the Jacob's Pillow Inside Out series, a free outdoor performance on June 29th. At the Joyce, the company's diverse program includes Gerald Arpino's Sensually Charged Light Rain and a Seferis, a striking sculptural work created by rising choreographic talent, Ariel Rose of Miami City Ballet. A triple bill at the pillow includes an excerpt from Light Rain, a and another company premiere by Rose, Vow, a site-specific work originally commissioned by Miami City Ballet that will be performed on stage for the first time. You can help support this young company's summer tour now by visiting youcaring.com and search Dimensions Dance Theater of Miami. There you will also find ticket and performance information. That's youcaring.com. Dot com and search Dimensions Dance Theater of Miami. If you have an event or performance that you are looking to promote on Conversations on Dance, go ahead and email us for more information at info at Do you ever Did you ever feel like um, you had a hard time kind of keeping those creative juices flowing? I feel like when you mi- are making so much work, it must mm-hmm. be really difficult to maintain that.
3: Yeah, not so much at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um... But when you've made as many ballets as I have now, like I'm always looking for ways to like reinvent and sure. try something mm-hmm. new and mm-hmm. hence, you know, go after Broadway for a bit, coming back. Um and now it's been nice coming back into the studio. Again, I just made a piece of the Royal Ballet this at the beginning of the year and this piece and they're very, very, very different, um, even in sort of the language that I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's been sort of fun. Uh, it's been exciting to be back in the room again.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, that makes me think of that balancing quote: uh, "My muse must come to me on union time." Yeah, because
3: yeah. I, I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine
0: what that would be like. You know, dancers we we know what ha- we have to do every day, but you have to you have to pull something out of yourself. Yeah, um, that yeah. Uh, you don't know
3: whether it's going to be. I mean, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of unknown when you're in the studio, and you know, sometimes you feel. Um, confident in the connection that you have with the dancers that you're working with but that doesn't
1: necessarily
3: end up meaning that the piece is going to work out you're just having right. a good time right. <laughs> yeah and you know i wish there was a bit more of a a sort of reassuring kind of sign that you were on the right track but you
0: just aren't until you put it in front of an audience yeah you just have no idea I think that that's the same for the dancers. It's if the rehearsal process is positive, you think the ballet is going to be great no matter yeah. what. And yeah. if it's, uh, you know, a little more trying, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you, it's, you really don't know until you're out in the front of the house. You don't. And...
3: It's just I'm always I'm always surprised, and sometimes the ballet I really ballets I really love are the ones that the critics really don't, and vice versa. Sometimes they're like, "This was wonderful," and you're like, "Was you it? Really like <laughs> it was my best work." But, so, um, yeah. So who knows? Mm. Who knows?
0: Well, let's talk about Broadway. You brought it up for a second there but um you won a tony award for an american in paris and you had a, a very successful run of brigadoon in the fall so what very kind short of unfortunately too <laughs> <little bit> short <laughs> i'm glad i got in before i i mean it it was selling like hotcakes at the end there yeah, because yeah. it was only a week yeah, um yeah, we got to sure. bring it back it was yeah we'll try, we'll try yeah <laughs> um but yeah what what drove you into this arena what were you always interested in musical theater Yeah, I was actually. I started.
3: uh, My parents took me up to London to see quite a lot of theatre because they um, they loved loved it and were both. They met doing like amateur dramatics, you know, in our little you know province of Somerset. Mm -hmm. Um, So they so they loved theatre, and I think I would have probably, if I could have sung, or if maybe if my training had gone in that direction, I would probably have preferred to to do musical theater than ballet, yeah, as a performer. Right. right. And now I kind of, you know, I sort of sit there in auditions. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> people are coming in like one after the other and singing for me. It's like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so, it's interesting. It's such a privilege. And I think, cause, I mean, I'm sure all directors feel that way, but sometimes you, you look and you see people kind of all sitting behind tables going, oh, you know, dr- the drudgery of the mm-hmm. audition process, but yeah. it's kind of a, it's an amazing thing, you know.
0: Uh Zoe, Zoe Zion, who's former podcast guest. Uh yes. she was assisting on Carousel and she would talk about that experience too, that she would just be up there like so enamored and then watching uh everyone else be like, Okay, next, next. Yeah. She was just like, I could listen to this all day.
3: I know. Yeah. I actually sometimes forget that I'm supposed to be judging. right. right. Whether they're it's actually enjoyment. good for a role. I'm just I get lost. And well. I, actually, when we did the uh, Brigadoon auditions, I was like, "I'm not sitting behind this table anymore." It feels so mm-hmm. like them and us. Mm-hmm. and So, <laughs> I think the casting director director was a little taken aback because I'm like, "I'm actually going to move my chair in front of the table," a- and I ended up like putting it off to the side a uh-huh. little bit yeah. because because I could tell when the actors came in as well. You know, there's sort of a protocol, and mm-hmm. and they're yeah. just
2: like well, they're used to it. Yeah, what are we doing
3: yeah. in our space? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But it yeah, yeah. it just feels. I I wouldn't want to – I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing it as, you know, we never had to go through that as ballet dancers really. So like coming in and being really vulnerable Mm -hmm. and just like depending on, you know – not knowing what they're looking for and it's that's tough yeah it's really tough
2: so how did the process of working on a broadway show and like you said there's casting directors there's all these other elements coming together instead of just you which yeah. it normally is so how was the process different
3: um well that's one of the best and one of the most challenging parts of, mm-hmm. of of working on broadway is that there are so many people and you're collaborating and it's a team and mm-hmm. um and you know you bounce ideas off of each it's just there's a there's a lovely community that forms around a musical Mm. um but um that that also what comes with that is it's a lot of opinion and a lot of um there's quite a lot of because i think because the finances of a broadway musical are often high pressure um there then there's also a you know kind of a little bit of fear that surrounds the process and Mm um so sticking to your vision uh is is can be tricky right um that makes sense but it's exciting yes yeah. mm-hmm. um and work getting to work with the there's a different energy with um the way the even the day works mm-hmm. you know in a ballet company you come in you're one of m- many projects that are going on at the same time and mm-hmm. The dancers are amazing because they just go from one studio to the next and they just switch gears. And whereas it feels more like you form a you form a very solid community very quickly because you're all focusing on the same, same thing, thing. Right? Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, could we talk a little bit about your piece that we'll be seeing tonight—the yeah. p- big premiere, yeah. uh, the opening of the Unbound Festival? Um, what was your inspiration for this? Your tenth ballet for San Francisco Ballet? Actually, my twelfth. Your twelfth. This
3: is my twelfth. But I don't think lies. it's my tenth. It's m- maybe it's my tenth new ballet if you don't oh. if you start don't count you know. But I think it's still eleven because I did a <laughs> of it for a gala. Anyway, never mind. The <laughs> numbers are numbers. We're going we're matter. gonna tell the internet to fix that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So when Helge invited me to come, he, you know, he sort of said, I want, I want this to be, um, uh, I want people to just kind of perhaps, um, you know, shed a skin in a way and, um, and do something that's per- perhaps a little bit different, use this as a way to, um, push p- yeah, push yourself in a, in a bit of a new direction, so I was like, okay, well, that sounds great. Um Of course, you have to do, <laughs> what he didn't say was you have three weeks to do it and you have the, <laughs> the dancers that I choose for you to do it with. So, you know, there was some, there were, but actually in a way that that sort of was quite useful because you have to then plan your time out very carefully. And I got to work with some dancers that I wouldn't necessarily have chosen, all of them. Um But it was quite, it was quite, it was quite a tough one because I I set myself a t- I was like I want to make a ballet that says something about the times we live in. Mm. And I want to make a ballet off point because I've never made a ballet off point. Really? The only yeah. the only piece off point I've made is um the pas de deux from After the Rain.
1: Right, that's so crazy. Wow. So
3: I'm like I'm going to try and make a ballet off point. Sure. Um so I sort of I did I did what was on I did what was uh, you know, what it said on the ten mm-hmm. essentially, or what Helgi put on his tin um and uh and it's been it's been great it's been uncomfortable at times just because of that because i'm like oh I don't know, uncertain and right um but uh yeah, I think I'm proud of what i've done i i don't know <laughs> it's, we'll tonight, again okay? it's like Maybe. yeah we'll we'll see tonight uh-huh. we'll see
2: tonight what is that like for you when you sit in the audience and watch a ballet and kind of you're within the people that are judging it. You're sitting with the audience. How does that feel for you?
3: Um It used to feel really uh I used to be terrified of it actually. I would used, think. Used to be a um scary thing. But now I'm like, well, because you overhear things, right. you know, and g- good and bad. <laughs> um I'm I'm really used to it. It's sort of it's it's really it's my, you know, it's my life. Right. I'm,
2: it's part of the process.
3: It's part of the process. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it's exciting to put a ballet, a new ballet in front of an audience for the first time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're very excited to see it. We're really looking forward to it.
0: I think we have enough time to yeah. close out with our lightning round where we just ask you a few questions. Everybody it, always says, oh, yeah," no, But it's, it's, it's fun. Don't worry. But, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first question. You know, 10, 11, or 12, however many ballets you've made, <laughs> you can pick one to last forever. Which, which one are, are you proudest of that you've made here? From here? Yes. San, San Francisco Ballet. Uh, I really love Within the
3: Golden Hour. I think that's maybe my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> see, that wasn't that hard. No. Yeah, <laughs> see? Um,
2: what is a dream production that you would like to mount on San Francisco Ballet?
0: dream production I'd like to mount on Samaritan's we're giving you uh, a limitless budget
3: we give you
2: 50
0: Uh, million dollars I
3: mean it would be great to work on a big narrative work here Mm -hmm. um uh because these dancers are so capable of that and um and we've never we've never really done that I've made sort of little ballets with a suggestion of story here in Mm -hmm. fact my first ballet Sea Pictures um which we renamed Sea Sick Pictures (laughs) after um has sort of had a little bit of a story to it. Uh, but yeah, I've, that, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, what musical would you most like to direct next? Well, I'm actually directing a musical. Funny you should say that. Uh-huh. I'm directing a new musical, which um, I can't say what it is yet. But oh, I, think I was people, just
2: going to say you heard it here first. Well, you kind <laughs> of did. Um, uh,
3: it's, I think people will be surprised uh-huh. that I'm doing it because it's sort of out of the box, which I'm super excited about. Right. Um, and I'm developing a new show based on the invention of Hugo Cabret, which is a children's book mm-hmm. um, uh, written by Brian Selznick, who I worked on My Nutcracker with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And we've got a first reading of that on Monday, so I'm oh, that's super great. excited about so that. Great. So great. Um, one to the next. Yeah. 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 That's, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite place to visit when you're in San Francisco?
3: Oh, I've got so many. Um, give me a few yeah I love actually I love the farmer's market down in the ferry building yes, I love it down the there it's just like popping from like from stall to stall like a little bit of ice cream from here a little oyster over here
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say oysters that's so funny <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. well that's so great well thank you so much Chris yeah, so great.
1: we're really guys.
0: looking forward to seeing the premiere tonight and cool. we thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us thank you thank you, thank you.
2: Thank you for joining us this week. We will be back next Monday with an all new episode. In the meantime, subscribe on iTunes so you'll automatically be notified when we publish a new episode. Follow us on Instagram at Conversations on Dance and on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Convo on Dance. See you next week. Thank you for listening.